Welcome, everyone, to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. On this edition of our show, I'll be joined by three repeat champions from the fall in Divisions 1, 2, and 3. How'd they do it? How'd they do it back-to-back? And in one case, back-to-back-to-back. Not easy in individual sports, team sports. We're going to hear from three student-athletes, three different sports, in three divisions. And joining me now, two national champions, two back-to-back national champions, Drew Bosley won yet another team, Northern Arizona Men's Cross Country Championship in Division One and in Division Two. Malik Mitchell from Ferris State, quarterback, another back-to-back national championship in football as they knocked off the Colorado School of the Mines in that national championship game. Um, Drew, I want to start with you um, in men's cross country. Uh, Northern Arizona got the altitude. Uh, a lot of uh, elite runners usually train in altitude, especially in the Flagstaff, northern New Mexico area. So it is fertile ground for elite running. Uh, how has that contributed to building a bit of a dynasty there at NAU? Uh, I think it definitely has contributed in terms of our recruiting. A lot of athletes that come to run for NAU are really invested in being great runners and wanting that atmosphere and standard around them. Uh, yeah, I think a culmination of things. There are a bunch of professional athletes, the environment and thousands and thousands of unpaved uh, trails and roads in the Coconino National Forest. But more than anything, I think it's our culture and the way we um, execute in moments that matter. And uh, yeah, I mean, Northern Arizona University is, uh, you know, we know how to execute on the day of the national championship. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've honed it. We've got it down. Well, to that point, uh, before I jump in with Malik, I mean, NAU clearly has supported this sport uh, and has invested in it and wants it to succeed at the highest level, you know, in division one. Um, how have you seen that, you know, grow even during a pandemic and now coming on the other side and winning back-to-back championships? The way I've seen it grow is just the other uh, the other programs around the nation have uh, heightened the standard, and um, you have two choices. You either go with that standard or um, stay complacent, and I think uh, an important thing is to always be evolving and trying to get better, and this year in the national championships, there was three other teams that were incredibly good as well, Oklahoma State, Stanford, and BYU. And that was new to us. Usually we were just competing with one team. And I think having multiple teams that could have won a national championship rose our standard. um, And we worked really hard. And, you know, we were a team the whole way through. And I think that alone helps uh, just move the sport forward and and push – yeah, push those championships forward, run faster times, and uh, yeah, just make the sport uh, better. Well, let's talk about football. Um, I think it's even harder to win back-to-back in football just because of the sheer numbers of it. Uh, how'd you guys get it done at Fair State? There's a bunch of different things you could look at. Um, I think one big thing uh, is just the way guys um, love each other, just as men and not as you know, a guy who can get 100 yards a game or a guy who can throw for 70 uh, completion percentage or things like that, 
you know, guys get together after practice, guys get together after class, you know, when they, and, and they actually are friends and they love each other. And so when, when we get on the field, you know, it kind of plays out that way and it's fun. And, and when, when football is fun, you tend to win, especially when you got guys of the, of the caliber we have. So I think that's one major thing. And also just, just uh, the coaches, man, we got a, we got a great group of coaches that get us ready in the off season. Um, coach Stevie, who's our, uh, our strength coach here. Uh, he's real big, um, and and he does every sport here. So that's big for not only our championships we win, but for all the championships we won at Ferris. So, I mean, there's there's a bunch of things. But those are two main things for me that I I would definitely, if if asked this question again, bring up again. So, and what about the commitment to the sport at Ferris State? What have you seen and how it's grown, and even navigating through the pandemic? Um, I got here right before the pandemic, and. Uh, I can't say that the things we had here were the best. They weren't, they weren't the worst, but I can say since then, which was 2020, three years, we've gotten a new, a whole new weight room, brand new, it's beautiful. Uh, we gotten uh, new faculty, which have helped us big and, and are big contributors to our success. And, you know, maybe in the past that it might not have been uh, so supportive in those positions. And now, you know, because of their past and their athletic um, past and things like that, they're real big on supporting the football team and moving us forward. So hopefully in the next few years, we can have some, you know, built or some type of, you know, something that can uh, give us something worthwhile for winning, winning games like these. So look in division one football, um, they don't have what you have, which is an actual real playoff. They're going to get there, but it's still not going to even be the same. Um, what is it like to play in a real tournament in the sport of football and win a championship that way? Yeah, it's different. I this I never thought I would experience it going going to Kent before coming here. Um, the biggest thing there was a bowl game, you know, and, and at Kent, when I was going there, the only bowl game Kent had ever been to was like the refrigerator bowl in like 1946 or something like that. And so it wasn't too much to look forward to like postseason-wise and, and – uh, you know, coming here, and, and and my first game actually watching Ferris was um, their their game in 2019 against um, West Florida at home against Ferris, and so seeing that in the atmosphere there, and I'm like, it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing. And I had also, you know, been on YouTube prior to that, watched them because I'm just a football guy. So even before I even went to a Division two school, was watching D two championships and playoffs. I'm like, it's kind of cool, man. Like. They playing 15 games a season. That's something in itself. That's a feat in itself, you know? And so yeah, it's exciting. And, and, and I, I think a lot of guys here are really durable. They get themselves ready. And, and, and Ferris is, you know, ready to play 15 games, 14 games a season. So at the men's cross-country level, it is obviously one of our championships uh, that we take great pride in. Uh, how'd you feel and how have you felt that that has been run, Drew? Oh, it was uh, this la this last year, I mean – it was such a cool experience. Um, the way it was executed for our team, me and my teammate Nico, uh, we were just running up front and pushing the pace the whole time. And there was a little breakaway. So we were kind of, <clears throat> we were right next to the, uh, the gator the whole time. And so we could just, I mean, when you're, when you don't have that big mob of people around you, you can just take in the surroundings so much better. And it was, there were so many people there. It was so loud. It was such a great atmosphere, such a smoothly run meet. 
Um, the course in Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, their course is amazing. I think, I think the atmosphere that that was definitely the the most people I've seen at a cross country race, and it was just a great atmosphere. And um, yeah, I had I had a blast. And it's easy to sprint for six miles when you have people screaming at you like that. Hey, one thing that's happened, obviously, in the current state of college athletics, I don't care what sport, what level, student-athletes are transferring. And so to win back-to-back championships, whether it's more of an individual sport, a team sport, it's hard to keep that core group together. Uh, Malik, you first, and and, and then Drew. Uh, how has that happened that these rosters essentially stayed close, uh, you know, in terms of the key players, both, you know, on the, 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 the running field, if you will, and across country, and, of course, on the football field. We'll start with you, Malik. Well, um, and in terms of Ferris, uh, we were definitely blessed with, with the COVID year, you know, guys having, we had an O-line last year. Well, uh, the first championship year that were all six year seniors to start an O-line six or seven year seniors. And so COVID allowed us to have guys who were 26, 27 years old. I'm 27. I'm, I'll be 27 this year myself. And so, um, you know, NCAA, if the NCAA allows, I'll be playing another season um, and, and I'll be 27 years old. And so I think just the new rules and, and, and things like that allow teams to just stack players. And we got about 12 quarterbacks right now. So I'm pretty sure uh, guys learning from me and guys that I've uh, learned and developed from over the years of being in college and, and things, how, how, how just how the system goes. Um, I think just great teams will stay that way as long as the players – themselves um, trusting the process that's going along with being a great team. And, and a lot of times it, it doesn't go that way and, and teams can fall off. But luckily, um, one of the big things we preach in the offseason is your mental. And it's not a, all about how big you can get and how strong you can get and fast you can run. So I think that's real big here at Ferris. Hey, Drew, before you answer, wait a minute. So you're going to be 27 and you got players that could technically be 10 years younger than you. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, a freshman could be 17. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's only 18. What, what's that like? You're the old man. It's a, it's a different dynamic, especially because I, I, I came into college at Ken. I was 19 and, uh, the starting quarterback there was about 23 or four. And so I, when, when I got there, I'm looking at that situation, like, dang, this is, this is crazy. Like he's so old. How am I going to get a chance to, you know, get, get my, my shine. And then being here, you know, I, I even had those conversations with the guys that I'm competing with in the room. And, and they're like, man, dude, you're 27. I talked to my parents. They're like, man, he's 26 over there and you, you're 18. And so it's cool. But they enjoy learning from me. And I learn from younger guys, man. They bring things new to the table that I, you know, wasn't aware of sometimes or haven't seen it ever in my life and things like that. So I love it, man. It's, it's an enjoyable process all around. Drew, same thing. Yeah, I, I agree with. What you just said, the uh, I'm I'm one of the older guys on the team, but the young guys are the teachers. The young guys uh, help you stay naive, and they're really the teachers. I know that everyone says the old guys are the teachers, but uh, it's it's really the reverse if you're in it. Um, but to your question with COVID, uh, I think our our group stayed the last. So we finished another three peat this year, and the last three national championships has stayed pretty uh similar we've had a like similar roster um we had one crucial transfer from nebraska to help us out george kusha um and that i think was uh helpful with the COVID year 
Um, for our program, though, I mean, we, we could have had two. Uh, Luis Grijalva signed a professional contract and left early to run for Hoka. Abdi Hamid Nur uh, signed a professional contract with Nike and left early. And they could have run uh, they could have run this last uh, cross-country race for us. Um, so not having those guys, uh, you know, that was that's kind of the the piece to our roster that is ever changing. And then it just, you know, like I was saying before, raising the standard. And uh, yeah, we had new guys, younger guys step up and uh, uh, yeah, new guys step into that role where uh, other runners such as myself, Nico, George uh, has been doing this for a while but we really have had younger runners step up and it's just uh, it's a testament to our program and where we're going to move, move in the future too. Um, when, for example, I'm done uh, in a year or two, uh, you know, young guys will take my place and fill my shoes. So, yeah. Yeah. You may have some gray on that mustache when you're done. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm only, I'm only 22 right now. So <laughs> well, hey. as well. In running, as we've seen, elite running, a lot of times you get better, obviously, uh, as you get older, and certainly you can get stronger uh, and mm -hmm. smarter uh, as a quarterback as you get older. Uh, hey, back-to-back -back for Ferris State. Congratulations. And back-to-back-to-back back back at NAU. Three-peat. I want to clarify that. Thanks for doing that. Uh, Drew, congratulations to both of you guys, to your teams, and thanks for joining us. And now joining me, Grace Harlan. She is a national champion Goalkeeper from Middlebury in field hockey. Uh, another championship in Division Three this past season. Uh, now has moved on. We'll get to that momentarily. Let, let's deal with your Middlebury career, and especially this national championship. Um, first, the overall experience at the D3 level in field hockey. Uh, you guys have been a bit of a power. Uh, what was it like to go through again to make a run to a championship? Yeah, it was definitely a slightly different experience, I would say, uh, being a senior of a team, just in general. I would say it's almost a whole different ball ballgame, um, really. How so? You're, <laughs> you're more in the, uh, in the driver's seat, I would say, um, thinking a lot more about logistics and things like that instead of, you know, just being with your team. But I would say the reason why we've had so much success is our coach always emphasizes going one game at a time. So that always makes the start of a new season much less intimidating. So, as I said, you guys have been a power. Four of the last five national championships uh, in Division Three field hockey have come from Middlebury. Clearly a championship culture. Uh, you were at the heart of that. How would you explain it? It's just an amazing program that uh, Coach C. Lorenzo has established at Middlebury. Uh, so much of it really comes from the culture of the team. Um, I always say that we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take what we do very seriously. Uh, and it's a great balance of, of we do really enjoy what we do. But we also really enjoy who we do it with. Yeah, look, I I've been there and I know it's sort of nestled. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, a beautiful setting, but it is sort of out of the way that so you, you kind of better get along. Because there's yes. not like a lot of other distractions. And that can work both no. ways. How how did that actually keep you guys so focused uh, over these years and these championship runs? I would say it helps a lot. I mean, even just our campus is very remote, but it's very beautiful. And we have 
like mountains and sunset at our field every single You're day. On the ski mountain. Exactly. So coach would just pause practice and have everyone look. And sometimes we do photo shoots with like a panorama, having some person run around and be in it twice. Um, we do that constantly. So definitely just taking in our natural landscape has been a huge part of my Middlebury experience. All right. So uh, as I said, um, you know, single season records and goals against 0.57, shutouts 10. Um, you know, you were the stopgap, obviously, in net. Um, and then we come to the championship game, uh, goes in overtime. And right before, I don't know if I'd say you felt a twinge, but you felt something significant in the hamstring. What happened? Uh, yes, I they had a corner play and they took a shot and I went into a split to save it, which I don't normally do for good reason, because I partially tore my hamstring, which was a crazy experience. Um, definitely some of the most pain I've been in, uh, but we still managed to pull it out, which was great. So even with a partially torn hamstring, you didn't pull yourself out um, and you made a save. Uh, what were those yes. minutes like? in route to a title, knowing that you were playing through some significant pain? Uh, definitely the stakes felt like they suddenly got a lot higher, I would say, um, especially because when we do go into overtime, um, if no one scores there, then we go into shootouts. And I definitely didn't think I was ready to do a one-on-one -on -one situation. So I was definitely hoping that my teammates would be able to pull it out, which they did. Um, but it was it was stressful, but it was also the last few minutes that I would ever have playing field hockey. So I am glad that I stayed in. And I mean, it's a memorable moment, an incredible way to end your career. Uh, the D3 experience of the student athlete, you know, it's really in its purest sense, and especially at the championship level. Um, what, what was that experience like from the way it was run to going through it. And I know you had to navigate through COVID, which was, no, was not fun for anybody uh, mm -hmm. and very difficult and challenging and stressful in so many different ways. Uh, but what was the championship experience like from even from how it was run to how you guys experienced it? It was run actually very well. I would say uh, Rowan University did a great job this year with it. Um, definitely tried to make it special. Um, it's been so great to be part of a d3 program it really is balanced especially i would say being at you know a top level program for d3 i think that makes it even feel a bit more like it's the best of both worlds um because we are competing at such a high level and we do get to experience you know playoffs and championships and the ncaa definitely gets much more involved in our season as we go later on uh, so it's cool to be a part of that so, you know, when we were at the convention, we had a lot of conversations with professionals that were once student athletes and how they apply that into their professional life. And I know you've graduated in the month of February. Now you're working with Senator Amy Klobuchar as an intern in Washington, the center for Minnesota. Um, and there's team aspect to working together, whether it's working on legislation or within the team group of, of working for a member of Congress. I mean, how can you already tell in just a short time, just how your professional life potentially could be helped by your student athlete experience? Oh, it's a very clear correlation, I would say. Uh, 
definitely, as you said, teamwork and just working with others, um, especially being a captain on the team and working with uh, a coach and the team. It's definitely like a different role. Um, and it's interesting to be able to work with people who are, you know, more higher up with you. Um, and then also your peers. So it's, yeah, very clear translation. And I know it'll serve me very well. And, you know, you told me before we started about, uh, you know, the leadership aspect of it. It's just a different experience when you're the senior. Um, obviously, you hope in your life as a professional that you might be in leadership situations. How do you think that aspect of being a senior leader can be applied in your professional life? Something that my coach always says is that she never regrets a hard conversation. And that's definitely something that's stuck with me. Um, and that I would definitely continue on as a leader uh, and being able to have those hard conversations with people that you work with, with people who uh, you are their supporter, but that, you know, if something comes up, it's being able to uh, assume that leadership position and have those hard conversations. You know, one, one last thing, Grace, and, and I, I think you've done a great job of transitioning in this short amount of time. And, um, you know, you were obviously clearly fortunate, you graduate and boom, you're you're off to, to the next phase of life. Uh, and we've seen this a lot with people that especially that reach the pinnacle of their sport, regardless of level. And then suddenly got to go, OK, I worked 24-7 <laughs> and then boom, it's over. Now what do I do? Um, how much has it helped you in this transition that you finish your sport, you finish school and boom, you're off to the next thing rather than sort of letting it sort of, you know, just mill about and, and not knowing, you know, sort of what's next. Right. It's been really helpful. I would say um, I haven't had to do quite as much processing as perhaps I should, but even also ending on an injury is a weird way to go out, but it got me right into PT and rehabbing. So I would say in general, things have really just been, you know, continuing to roll and continuing to progress, which I feel like very lucky. That's, that's how it's happened for me. By the way, how is the hamstring? I'm walking. <laughs> I'm not quite running yet, but <laughs> at least I'm mostly pain free. Well, awesome. Uh, congratulations. Uh, and best of luck in, in your future endeavors there down in DC. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of our NCAA Social Series. Hey, look, go to ncaa.org slash social series. We've got years worth of episodes, great conversations across all divisions, so many different topics. Come check it out. You'll certainly enjoy watching the back episodes as well as this one. Thanks for watching. <laughs>